Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Okay, good morning. How are we? Are we good? Good. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Uh, Last week, Sim brought us a message. Uh, If you were here, you would have heard it. And if you'd heard it on the podcast or church app or online, uh, you would have heard it also. Um, And he spoke about uh, Christmas's true colours. Is that, is that accurate? He spoke about uh, the honest truths of the Christmas story, uh, story we read uh, year after year, the passages uh, we look at. And so this week, this morning, uh, we are going to uh, skim the surface. And I'm saying skim the surface uh, because there's so much uh, in the Christmas story that we can look at. But we're going to skim the surface uh, of one aspect of uh, the meaning of that, uh, that Jesus, that God himself came to earth, in Jesus, uh, into our mess, right? That's the Christmas story. Jesus uh, was sent by God uh, into our mess. And so we're going to skim the surface of just one aspect of the meaning of that. Uh, And we're going to focus on uh, the word Emmanuel, that God is with us. And so we're going to do that this morning. Uh, But before we do, was it last week, the Natural Supernatural Workshop? Uh, Who was there? Hands up. Yeah, we had a great time. It was brilliant. But I was reminded on that day, uh, very simply, that God is always speaking. He is always speaking. In many different ways, God is speaking. Uh, Jordan, my husband, may come home from work, and and he may tell me about his day. uh, But I might be a really horrible wife and not be listening. Right? It doesn't mean he's not speaking. But I've got to listen to know what he's chatting about, right? And so uh, this morning, I just wanted us to agree together that we are uh, going to be listening for when God speaks. Because I believe that God speaks. His, his word is powerful. Uh, I love his word. Uh, I hope you'd agree uh, that, that God speaks all the time. So this morning, uh, would we agree? Hands up. Engaging. Every hand raised. All right. Some, some in the minds. Okay. Uh, that we are going to hear uh, God speak. Uh, so I want to pray, uh, first of all, uh, just that simply, that God would speak and we would be uh, listening. So Father, uh, you are so great uh, and we love you. We give you all the glory uh, that you are so worthy of. Uh, Father, I ask God that you would speak to us in a powerful way this morning. And God, would you open our ears, soften our hearts to receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've got your uh, Bibles this morning, please turn to the book of Isaiah. Uh, So uh, this morning, I'd love to share with you something I've discovered. Uh, And I I love discovery. I love adventure. Uh, Next year in Freedom Church, we're going to have a year of adventure. That's like the most exciting title ever. Like a year of adventure. That is so cool. Um, So we're going to have a year of adventure at Freedom Church. And and so part of that will be discovery. I love discovery. And I've discovered something uh, this week and the weeks uh, preparing for this. uh, That uh, something within a passage that we just sometimes dip in and out of at Christmas time. And so that is Isaiah chapter 7. But if you've got your Bibles, keep one hand there. And then also have Matthew 1 open, because we're going to be looking uh, at both. And I wonder how many of you have read the book of Isaiah? I wonder if you've read the book of Isaiah. As I said, sometimes we dip in and out of it at Christmas time. Sometimes, a couple of times throughout the year, um, we look at the book of Isaiah. And you guessed it, uh, he, it was written by Isaiah. Uh, he wrote the book. Uh, he was a prophet. Um, 
which means he was uh, someone who heard from God, what we're doing this morning. He listened to God. God sent him messages to pass on to his people. So Bill, if we could have the next slide, that would be brilliant. So Isaiah uh, is found uh, after Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and there we have it, the book of Isaiah, written by Isaiah. Uh, and, and at the time that Isaiah was uh, living uh, in, uh, whilst he was writing this book, when he was hearing God's messages, uh, there was, God's people were in a bit of a pickle. Right? You know what I mean by that? They were just in a bit of a pickle. There, there was just some trouble. They weren't having the most amazing time. Uh, and so uh, this is where we're going to read from, which is Isaiah 7. Uh, so if you turn to uh, Isaiah 7, if you're not there already, we're going to read verse 14. That's all we're going to read is verse 14. And this is what it says. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. Now, for the next uh, few moments, just stay with me, okay? Because I'm going to tell you the backstory of Isaiah 7. Are you ready? Anyone like history here? This is a bit of it. Okay, so, um, in that day, there was a country called Assyria. There was a country called Assyria, and they were on a roll, okay? They were, they were, they were doing great. Wherever they moved, they were conquering nations, and they were winning, Okay, so Assyria is great. Now, on the Mediterranean uh, Sea, there was a few nations there um, that knew that they wouldn't win if Assyria came and attacked. So if Assyria was moving towards them, they'd think, oh dear, this is not good because we're just going to lose. And so they thought, well, why don't we come together? Why don't we join our forces together so that when Assyria comes, then we can fight them and we may have a chance of winning? And among these nations was Israel and Syria. Okay, so not Assyria, this is Syria and Israel. And so they thought, well, why don't we join our forces and we can fight Assyria? And so what they do is that they do that, and then they ask Judah, another nation, to join them. And Judah says no. They say no. And the king of Judah at that time uh, was called Ahaz. You might have heard of him. He hasn't got an amazing reputation. Okay, so the king of, uh, of Judah, Ahaz, he says no to joining these uh, nations in their forces. And so because he says no, Israel and Syria thought, well, they're not going to join us, so let's just kill them off. And so they say to, to Judah, we're coming for you. We're coming for you. We're going to wipe you out because you don't want to join us. And so Ahaz, the king of Judah, is going, oh dear, I've got nations coming from that side. I've got Assyria wanting to come over here. What do I do? And so he said, well, why don't I go to Assyria and ask them to help me? Because they're the big baddies. I'll ask them to come and help me. And so that's what he does. He sends loads and loads of gold uh, to bribe them to come and help them. Uh, and so Assyria uh, agrees to, to attack the other nations. And this is the point where our main man, Isaiah, comes in. Because God sends Isaiah to Ahaz and says, uh, what are you doing? God sends Isaiah this message of, what are you doing? What, why are you worrying? Why are you trying to make allies with other people? Why are you uh, relying on the Assyrians, on other people to come and save you? Because you have me. You have me. Why are you relying and trusting on other people when you have me? And so uh, God says to Ahaz uh, this, this very thing through Isaiah and says, what are you doing? Like, I, I'm so big. What? They're, they're just men. They're just, they're just man. You have me, the God Almighty. Like, it's like Nemo against the ocean. Right? Nemo's tiny. 
He's really small. And the ocean's huge. You have me. I'm huge. You have nothing to worry about. And God continues this message to Ahaz, the king, through Isaiah. And he says, look, uh, you, don't, uh, you don't have to worry. Look, uh, ask for a sign. Ask for a sign. Just ask anything and I will show you to prove to you that you can trust me. I'll show you anything. I mean, just for a moment, uh, what would you choose? If God said, I will show you anything, I will give you anything, ask for the moon, be extravagant, I will show you anything. I wonder what you'd ask for. I was trying to think of this and I just couldn't come up with an answer. It's just, it's what an opportunity. And so Ahaz is in this position where he can ask God for anything as a sign to prove that you can trust him. And he goes, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to test God. I'm not going to demand anything of God. Now, just as an aside, if God tells you you can test him, you can test him. If he says, test me, test me, it's okay to test him, right? And so Isaiah, in his hypocrisy, in his arrogance, in his pride, he says, no, I'm not going to do that. Because really, he was just in unbelief, right? And so uh, what happens is um, Ahaz says no. And so in response, God continues uh, to, to, to give the message to Ahaz and continues and says, well, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. I'm going to give you a sign because when it comes, you will know that my word stands. I'm going to prove to you that my words are divine. And so God gives them uh, this, this message that a sign will happen. And so when you see this sign, then you will know that I am God. And so this sign is exactly this. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he will be given the name Emmanuel. And you may be a bit confused, right? Because you're like, well, why on earth are we talking about this at Christmas time? Uh, it's a bit random. Uh, it's a lot of history for sure. But you see, the, the answer will unfold as we go. Because in verse 16 and 17, after this sign, behold, a virgin shall conceive a son and will be called Emmanuel. In the following verses, it talks about this child. So this child, uh, when it becomes of age and knows the difference between right and wrong, uh, that's when these two nations that are wanting to attack Judah, well, they, they won't be around. And so this message, this prophecy continues, right? And so uh, God is, is saying, look, when this child comes of age, you won't have anything to worry about. So trust in me. Trust in me. Trust in me. That if you stand, if you stand strong in faith, then none of this will come to pass. And so when this child is born and his name will be Emmanuel, you know that I was right, that I am God, and that I know all things. It'd be fitting to note here that um, the word uh, virgin, uh, so in uh, Isaiah uh, 7, chapter 14, it says the word virgin, uh, where this, this child will be born from. But um, the word virgin in the original Hebrew actually means young woman. And so it can include virgins, those who haven't had sex before marriage, uh, those who sex, sex with, what am I saying? <laughs> those who've had sex with having a child. You, you know what I mean. Okay, so uh, it can mean virgin in the word young woman, because in those times, a lot of young women were virgins, okay? But the word uh, really means young woman. And so when we, uh, when we read this verse and go, well, hold on. 
If this verse is quoted in Matthew 1, which it is, which we'll get to in a moment, and it talks about Jesus, then I thought there was only one virgin birth. Well, with this translation that I've looked at, I would still agree with that. Because this word in Isaiah 7, it actually means young woman. And so there wasn't two virgin births, there was only one. Jesus is the only uh, child to be born of a virgin. And praise the Lord for that, right? Because he is a miracle baby. I, I mean, we, was that, I spoke on uh, Mary uh, in the series of, of women earlier on in the year. And we just explored that, didn't we? That, oh my goodness, like Mary was a virgin and she had a child. Like that's not possible, right? But God is greater. Nothing is impossible for God, and I love that. So do not uh, be dismayed uh, or discouraged by uh, this, this use of words, uh, because it's not a, hypocr- a hypocrisy. Matthew didn't get it wrong when he quoted the words. He, he translated that word to virgin, because the words can include virgin, and Mary was a virgin, right? Uh, does that make sense? So it can work either way, so brilliant. And so um, when, we, when we think about uh, Matthew and in, in how he quoted this verse in Isaiah, he does relate it to Jesus. Uh, and so what scholars say is that this verse, this prophecy that was, uh, was given in Isaiah, was a multi-fulfilled prophecy. A multi-fulfilled prophecy, which means uh, exactly what it says on the tin, that it was a prophecy that was related to, to Ahaz's day, Uh, when Isaiah was around. But also, God's not stupid. (laughs) And he knew that Jesus was going to be sent. He knew that he was going to come down in human flesh and come into our mess. And so when he was talking uh, about this child in Ahaz's day that will be a sign of God's uh, power and his words, God also knew that it would be uh, relevant to when Jesus came again. And that's why Matthew saw it. Matthew saw that. He would know the scriptures, right? And so he saw Isaiah 7. Oh, my goodness. God, God meant for it that day, but wow. Jesus. He was like, he, he was known to God. This plan all along. It, 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 this plan has been a plan forever, right? And, and Jesus came and Matthew saw that. And so we saw, wow, God has, uh, knew that this was going to happen. And Jesus came as Emmanuel. Now, the word Emmanuel, uh, I thought it was really fitting that, uh, that God uses that word for both Ahaz's day and for Jesus, right? Because in, in Ahaz's day, they were in a situation where they were like, oh, dear, uh, this isn't good, is it? Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try and ask other people to come and help us. Well, God was saying, no, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a child who was named, whose name's Emmanuel. Because Emmanuel means God with us. So God was saying to Ahaz, what are you doing? I'm on your side. I'm on your side. You don't need to make allies. You don't need to trust and rely on other people and other powers because I'm with you. And so I love the fact that in Isaiah 7, this prophecy is is foretold, and God uses that Emmanuel, because Ahaz had had nothing to worry about. Because these nations, they, they, they were just talking big talk, right? But God knew greater. God is bigger, and he holds the whole world in his hands. God is greater. And he was saying to Ahaz, look, this, this child, Emmanuel, I'm on your side. 
I'm greater, I'm bigger, I'm with you. And I love that. And of course, when we go to Matthew, when Matthew uh, sees this prophecy in Isaiah and says, this is about Jesus as well. This is about Jesus. Jesus is Emmanuel. And I just, I love that. We were singing in the carol. I, I noticed it. I thought, wow, Jesus, my Emmanuel. So let's turn to uh, Matthew, right? So we've, we've looked at Ahaz and the context there in, in chapter 7. We're going to look at what Matthew says, okay? And uh, I think uh, this was one of the scriptures that one of you read out last week, which is brilliant. So we'll, we'll, we'll skim through it. Uh, so this is Matthew 1, uh, where uh, Matthew quotes this Isaiah verse to uh, be relevant to Jesus. So here it is. Uh, this is how the birth of Jesus, uh, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her in public disgrace, he had a, in mind to divorce her quietly. He's a nice guy. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, which means God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so at the beginning of Matthew's uh, version of the story, he wants it to made known. He wants us to get it. That the whole point of Jesus coming was because Jesus was God himself coming to earth. That is the whole, the, the, the huge message. I mean, that, that just in itself blows my mind because I'm like, what? What do you mean? Because when Jesus came, he didn't just come as a representative of God. And you might be like, what? I thought that's exactly what Jesus was, a representative. But no, he wasn't, he wasn't a representative. He wasn't a mascot. He wasn't the assistant manager. He was the real deal. He was God himself in human flesh. The invisible spirit of God in blood, veins, bones, everything else in a body. God himself had been made flesh. And I, don't, I read something this week that no other religion uh, says that about their God. Because why on earth would a God come down, enter our level, uh, and, and make themselves so humble in front of us? Like, that's, that's not logic, right? If you're a god, you're a god. You're big, you're huge, you're, you're powerful, and you're in charge. But Jesus, that's why Jesus is so different. God said, I want to come down. I want to be with you. I want to know you. I want to come down to your level and say, I know you. I love you. You're special. I want to sit beside you. I'm with you. He comes down to our level and says, I'm Emmanuel. I'm God with us. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And I just love that um, in the Old Testament, if you know much of uh, different routines that they used to do, um, they were in, the, in the temple, which was like their church building, like their temple, their tabernacle, there was a section in that that was called the Holy of Holies. Anyone heard of the Holy of Holies? 
Yeah, holy of holies. And this was the place where God's presence dwelt, right? It lived in that place. And when they moved, they had to put it in a box and then they had to move it or whatever. So God's presence could only be contained in one place. And so uh, when uh, the curtain was torn when Jesus died on the cross, that was a symbol of God's presence no longer being contained but living in us. When we're born again, Jesus says, I will dwell in you. In John 15, it talks about the vine and the branches. I love that. The vine, the branches. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. I am with you, Emmanuel. Now, at times throughout our lives, um, I really believe that God invites us to uh, accept him as God with us. Right? Throughout our lives, God wants us to, to live in that knowledge that God is with us, to live in his presence, right? Uh, and so I believe just three things that, that God uh, invites us to experience him. And I believe the first one is in crisis. I don't know whether you've experienced something that you've had a, a crisis moment and you've known, you can't describe it, but you've known that God has been with you. Uh, when I was younger, um, I, uh, me and my family would go and visit my auntie and uncle in Gloucestershire. We lived in Portsmouth, uh, we, uh, so it was a little bit of a way away. Uh, so we were on the journey, and we went there, and we had a great time. And on the way back, um, we went up in two cars, um, because my sister, uh, my brother, my mum, my dad, my nan, and my dog, and me, uh, we all went up. So we went in two cars. And so on the way back, my dad was leading with my dad, my mum, my nan, me, and the dog. Uh, we were in one car, which was leading. And the second car was my sister uh, and, and my brother. Uh, and as we were driving along, um, I can remember it so vividly, <laughs> my dad shouts, Katie, move! Katie, move. And Katie's my sister, and she's driving the second car. Katie, move. And as I turn around, her car is rolling <laughs> across the motorway. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? It's rolling across the motorway. And, uh, and in shock, uh, my dad turns the wheel. Katie, move. Turns the wheel, and it locks. I don't know much about cars, but apparently that's what his did. It locked. And so what happened, we, we went into the, the hard shoulder and crashed into the verge. Uh, and so immediately... I thought, oh my word, I'm an only child. They, they were rolling in, in this car. And I thought instantly of what the funeral was going to be like uh, for my sister and brother. But as you know, my sister and brother uh, are still alive. Um, because when we went out of the car, um, there was not a scratch on them. <laughs> the only injury, though, was my nan, <laughs> who uh, was in the back seat. And as we crashed into the verge, she's so old and frail, she put her hands out and it broke her, her wrist. Uh, so that was the only injury. But my brother and sister, they rolled across the motorway, all three lanes, and there wasn't a scratch on them. In that moment, on that day, we knew that God was with us. And my sister's married now and has got a beautiful uh, nephew. If you've seen my Instagram, you would have seen him many times. Uh, Jack and uh, my brother got married a month ago, and they're all safe and sound. On that day, I knew that God was with us. And so in times of crisis, God is with us. God is with us. And number two, uh, in times of pain, God wants us to experience him as Emmanuel. God with us. I know many of you have um, 
experienced pain, in rejection, in betrayal, in loss of jobs, in loss of houses, in loss of loved ones. And I know that's incredibly hard to experience that pain. But I believe in a God who doesn't fix problems all the time, but he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. I remember when I was in Australia for three weeks on placement, I was so far from home, far from Jordan, we were going out at that time. And, um, and someone had said something to me, had told me something that just broke my heart. And it really um, kind of affected me in a way that I'd never really affected it before. And all I could do was curl myself up in this bed that wasn't mine uh, and listen, blaring in my headphones, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Let me become more aware of your presence, which we're going to sing at the end. And all I could do in that pain was to listen to this sweet, sweet sound of someone singing over me those truths. And I knew it didn't take the tears away. I, I cried for a while, right? The tears didn't stop. The pain didn't stop. But there was something I knew that God was with me. And even though I was so alone, I knew that I wasn't because God was so ever close and was, was holding me like my mum used to when I was a child. I was bawling my eyes out, but I knew that God was with me. And uh, the third is uh, during our, our daily routine, <laughs> one that has been close to my heart recently, um, that God wants us to experience Emmanuel through our daily routine. Through our daily routine, just the normal, mundane Monday morning, what a nightmare. We're going to wake up tomorrow morning and just think, is God with me? Is God with me? Emmanuel, what Hannah was saying, is that any good? Like, what? But I believe that God invites us to experience him as Emmanuel all the time. Whether it's just thinking of him and going, God, you're so good. Or just going past someone and thinking, oh, God, bless them. Or going, what, God, what are you speaking uh, to, to me? What, what is the message you want to pass on to someone today? Just in our everyday routine, mundane stuff, God invites us to know him as Emmanuel, God with us. In times of pain. In times of crisis, in, in our daily routine, God invites us to know him, to experience him as Emmanuel. And I don't know about you, but uh, as I do this, it makes life so much more exciting. So much more exciting. I look back at times where I'm like, God, I was so close to you there. Like, one, how did I do it and how can I do it again? But wow, God, I, I knew that, that back then, I, I knew that, that presence of your Emmanuel. It makes life so much more exciting when God is there, when we're aware of his presence. And so that's the challenge for us today, is that, that Jesus, when he came and when we celebrated Christmas time, that we would know him as Jesus Emmanuel, God with us in crisis, in pain, and in our daily routine, that Jesus is. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to 
www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.